Welcome to Crux Investor. In a moment, we're going to be speaking with Jean Martineau, the CEO of Dynacor Gold Mines. They're listed on the TSX. They are a gold ore processor based down in Peru. I was interested to find out a little bit more about them because not only do they process uh, ore, they're also a gold exploration business. So let's talk with Jean. Good morning, Jean. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good. And you? Yes, not bad. So you're in uh, Lima in Peru as we talk. Yeah, in Lima and Peru, exactly. Why are you down there? Oh, uh, well, you know, all our operations are in, uh, in Peru, actually. And uh, the company is based in Montreal, listed on Toronto Stock Exchange. But you cannot manage a company uh, the other side of the world through a computer. You have to be here uh, frequently to uh, check by yourself how things are going and maintain good contact. So I come here regularly. I would say, actually, I come every two months, at least for a week. Uh, it's it's a much better way for me to uh, to follow up the KPD and, uh, and organize them. Fantastic. So now just on that, could you give us a little bit of uh, background on yourself, your experience in in this space, the you know relevant to to the business? Yeah, I spent uh, almost twelve years in the pulp and paper industry in the past, and uh, I ended up as an assistant uh, manager for pulp mill in Venezuela. I work in pulp mill in, in production in uh, North America, and uh, finally worked uh, four years in Venezuela. It's there I knew the uh, Latin American countries, Latin American culture, and uh, I spent uh, almost all my life in production. So that's why uh, after that, I came, when I came in uh, Dynaco, there we uh, we began this small mill operation to pay for the uh, exploration. And uh, we developed that over the years. So uh, this is where it comes to my uh, experience on production. Right. And, and, you've, and who, who do you work with? Who, who are your business partners? Who's on the board? I, I mainly I work with uh, our CFO, Len Tioli. He's, uh, he's an accountant. He's been a CFO for several different companies. He has uh, an extensive international experience to work in Mexico, work a little bit in, in Russia. And now he's working with us for almost nine years, uh, a large experience. And uh, uh, now we have the vice president of operation, Jorge Wiscardenas, who's a metallurgist. He's a Peruvian guy. He's been with us for 22 years now. Uh, he, he was a part of all this development here from the, from the, from the beginning. And he was part of building the mill, building the business, and building the team here. So these are the, the, the two main uh, guys with whom I work in the company. Right, and, okay. And just for some of the viewers, um, this, this Dynacore might be a new story for them. Can you just give us an elevator pitch as to the structure of the business and uh, what it is that you do? Yeah, well, uh, Dynacore is, uh, today I would say it's, uh, it's an old processor company. We, uh, we, we're in the mining because we process ore and we, uh, we uh, produce gold. But we don't operate a mine. We have a, a mill where we buy ore from uh, hundreds of small miners in the country, and uh, we process it. So uh, we buy that, we process it, and we export the gold. And uh, 
So we're not so dependent on the gold price because we buy the euro based on the gold price actually, and some days later we export the gold. So it may, it's the main part of the business. And the other part is uh, exploration because at the beginning we began as an exploration company. And this part of the production increased over the years. And when the gold price uh, began to increase substantially in the, the beginning of the 2000, uh, many, many, many more small miners began to produce. And what we have to know is in the world, 20 to 22 percent of the gold produced in the world is produced by small artisanal miners. It's a huge production. So there is a, a huge market here. So it's a, it, it, we, we developed that. But we still have our exploration, exploration property and uh, where we uh, have worked for several years. And uh, there, this is the blue sky and again, could be something very interesting, but uh, some uh, more work to do there. Yes, I mean, I mean tell, me, tell me about that, because obviously those are two very different types of businesses. You've, you've got the processing of these artisanal miners' uh, rocks, which they give you, uh, presumably. And how does that work? Do you, do you buy from them at a discount, or do you process and then pay them afterwards? How, how does the money work? Yeah, the way, the way it is, uh, let's say the guy come to the mill with a truckload of ore, uh, first of the first we uh, we wait that we analyze that when he's there we do the analysis right away and we give him a sample of that too so he can go away with a sample and have it analyzed somewhere else so we analyze that and then uh, usually in less than 24 hours he get he gets the results and he get paid for that it's based on a gold price uh, we subtract a different cost uh, we put our margin there. So we manage that to have a gross margin of around, uh, I would say between uh, 13 and 17%, for example. And it's the way it works. But you're paying him on the on the pro processed Dore bars rather than the ore itself, are you? Yeah, Tell me a bit more about that. Let's say he comes with, uh, with a truckload, we weighted it, let's say it's 25 tons. Yeah. We analyze that for humidity, gold contains, uh, Recoverable gold, a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, uh, aspect of that, and finally we had a, a final price mm -hmm. where we pay him. Uh, it's always based on the recoverable contain gold there. So we pay him right away because these guys are small miners and they need to be paid right away. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there we uh, we process it in our mill. Okay, and so you mentioned the need the need to do this in front of them. There's a need to build trust with these small well, miners. Yeah, you know, we need transparency there because you know these small artisanal miners, uh, they're often not uh, very much educated. They don't know all these uh, all these, uh, these these process and everything. So you have to be transparent. But over the years, we built uh, a good uh, contact with them, a good relationship. But at the beginning, we had to to, uh, to show that. And uh, once in a while, a guy will come and he will uh, follow us his, uh, his, his truckload, for example, to be sure. And from time to time, they're going to take their sample we, we give them and they're going to analyze in, uh, in another lab. And if there is a discrepancy here, we'll take, uh, we always put a, a different sample, uh, a sample of the same lot on, on the side. We'll take it. And we send it to an international recognized lab in Lima, like, like uh, for example, uh, SGS. And then we take uh, this uh, final analysis to pay it. 
but uh, and more than 90% of the cases, it's very, very close to our uh, results because it's where we're going to earn or lose money. We have to have a very good lab to analyze that. So over the years, we've built a very good uh, relationship with them. And uh, we work here on a long-term basis. I mean, I prefer to lose a supplier today uh, and cheat with them on, on the grade, on the weight, on the, you know. And uh, this is a very high competitive business here in Peru. And uh, I should say that uh, many others will cheat somewhere to grab on a short-term basis more clients. But here we work on a long-term basis and uh, we built a very good relationship. There's, I mean, there's a lot of artisanal miners in, in Peru. Is there much competition with for you in country, or is it, you know, a market of one? Well, you know, when we built the mill at the beginning, we were, I think, uh, three mills. Today, there, is, uh, there are, uh, I would say, nine formal mills here. Yeah. Uh, you find in the country uh, many small illegal mills here and there, but they're very small and uh, it's not very efficient. Mills too. Yeah. So we built that at the beginning at uh, 50 tons per day. We increased that over the years. And in 2016, we built a brand new mill because the old one was uh, too far away, uh, no more place for uh, tailing pounds. Mm. And uh, so we built a brand new mill up to date. Uh, it's, a, it's a very efficient mill, it's going very well, 300 tons per day. So I, I think I could say that uh, we're probably the most efficient operation of that kind in Peru at Troy. Yeah. Okay. And I've seen your, that's a, that's a modular uh, system. And I see you're looking to increase the size of that potentially. Yeah. Well, we have planned to, uh, well, we, we built that to 300 tons per day. And now, uh, as uh, uh, last year, we reached almost the full capacity. And now we're preparing for expansion. We uh, designed a new strategic plan last year. And what we want to do is take our uh, experience here to mm -hmm. increase uh, milling capacity here in Peru and in other Latin American countries and we began to scan the rest of the world uh, to see where we can do that because it's not an easy business you know you don't have two exactly the same mill in the in in world yeah. because you always design your mill for the oil you have there. exactly but in our case we buy it actually for four from 450 different miners so it's uh, all different kind of oil so this is, uh, the trick here is to know what you can buy, uh, at what price and how you can mix that after that. So yeah. you need to analyze every lot and it's a, it's a long shot. It's, a, you know, it's, a, it's not easy to do. Yeah, you, you're looking at the metallurgy and working at how you optimize that for sure. And that's out of a population of how, how many artisanal, you've got nearly 500. What's, what's the total yeah, number of artisanal? You, you know, as uh, they say that they, they, there is a, uh, Probably in between 100 and 500,000 uh, illegal artisanal and formal miners in the Anafi. Uh, formal miners, formal artisanal miners, uh, it's much less. It's probably around 50,000. So we are allowed to buy just from these guys. Yeah. But uh, artisanal or illegal miners in Peru, you have some hundred thousand. You have a lot. Yeah. And in the world, uh, based on some uh, international organization, you probably find more than 50 million miners, small miners in the world. And this exploded when the gold price came from 300 to 400 to uh, the actual price and went up to $1,800. So there it has exploded. 
and created a lot of problems in the world. So uh, they use you mainly uh, mercury to extract the world. Yeah. So uh, it's it's very good thing that we can replace that. And our recovery rate is 94%. So I mean, just, just talking about it, you've been doing this for 20 years. You, you, you know what you're doing. Um, but if I look at the numbers in your PowerPoint on page eight, you know, your earnings back then were more than they are today. I mean, what, why is that sort of gentle curve happened? You know, you're looking at 9.1 back in 2013 and you're 3.8 in 2017. What's, what's going on with the market there? I would say that the gold price was a, a good factor because we have a, a margin key. We, we're not like a, a regular mine where, uh, let's say that total cost is $1,100 and if you go under that, you don't earn money. But uh, earning uh, 15% of $2,000 is much it's double than earning 15% of $1,000. So the main part was there. Aside the, the, the competition increase in the, in the country, uh, different uh, aspects like this, we had, uh, yeah, it's, it's a large part is gold price, I would say. And uh, some, some competition there made pressure on the, on the condition in the market. Okay, so the reason I ask is obviously you're talking about expansion into, into Peru, into South America, and maybe further afield. Are some of those factors under your control in terms of your, your margin? You, I think you're talking about 13 to 17% margin. Do you think you can sustain that? Well, actually, we're running around, uh, I would say, uh, 13, to, 13 to 15, 13 to 14.5. I think this is uh, more than sustainable in the, in the long term because we built a new mill in 2016 and yeah. now uh, we uh, began at the end of last year and now we invest in this year to improve the efficiency of the mill, yeah. uh, automatize some parts. Uh, you know, when you build a mill, you go with the minimum there. And yeah. once you start, you add equipment to, uh, to have a better, uh, better yield there. And then it's where we are this year. So, uh, for example, we began uh, producing our own energy. So by mid last year, uh, August, September, we were able to connect to the national grid. So it cost our energy cost substantially. Now we are uh, installing uh, uh, different equipment like pH control, uh, automatic uh, control, that it should help us to uh, Decrease the decrease the cost, facilitate the operation, and uh, finally increase the revenue on that. Increase the the, the recovery ball, the recovery rate of the ball. Important important for margins for sure. I mean, you it, it's a very interesting business. It's uh, you, you, know, you talk about being a kind of green business um, in the sense that it's it's sustainable. It's giving back to the community. I know you're making money. You're definitely producing cash. You're debt free. Even having yep. built a plant, you're paying dividends around two and a half percent, and you're buying back the shares to kind of, I guess, keep the float down. It, it's a very interesting business to me, but um, I'd love to understand the dynamic between running what seems a very well-run processing component and the exploration, because they're very different skill sets, different management skill sets required. Um, and, and different, I guess, attention from you from the, from the board as well. Can, can you tell us a bit more about the exploration component? Why you got into it? Um, you know, what, 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 uh, what, do you what are you trying to do? Yeah, well, as I said, uh, we began as an exploration company when yeah. we came here in, in 1996. 
And there we, uh, we bought a small company with an extortion property and they began to build a small mill. So when we came in, there was a half built small mill. Yeah. We ended up with that, we finished the mill. And uh, we uh, did began the extortion in the property, which uh, they thought that there was a, a large mine there, and there wasn't a large mine. But uh, there were several uh, small miners around that property. And uh, when we uh, began to operate the mill with our own ore there, small, small quantities, they came in to ask if we could buy this ore because they had to truck it very far away. So uh, we began this work. And, uh, I thought at the beginning that would be a good, a good way to pay for the exploration yeah. and uh, without diluting the company. But uh, when in the, in the 2000, the gold price uh, increased substantially, there was an explosion of these miners and uh, they were coming in more and more and more. So finally, the oil processing became much more important part of the company than the exploration. But on the exploration side, we have uh, bought this property for uh, several uh, high-grade gold vein on our surface. And over the years, we discovered uh, a huge scar, a porphyry, uh, and now we have identified a huge, uh, potentially uh, disseminated gold deposit on the surface. It's what it, it attracts. So our chief geologist, Alonso Sanchez, has been with us since 2006, and before that, he worked for uh, a large, uh, the largest uh, Peruvian company, Buenaventura, for uh, 12 years. He had a lot of experience in, in that field. And uh, now we're concentrating on the disseminated, which, if we got the, the results we, we, we hope for, uh, could be a huge uh, open pit mine there. So uh, the potential is large. We have two, uh, two, two uh, disseminated. Uh, 300 meters by 900 meters, and the other one is 4 by 500 meters. And we did uh, thousands of samples on the surface. We did uh, intensive geophysics study, which confirmed that where we have these uh, high-grade gold spots on the surface, it continues on the ground down to 2 to 300 meters. So we did all the job, the work could be done before drilling. And everything is positive after today. And we had uh, several large companies who came to visit the property for the storm, for the porphyry, for the, the disseminated. And all agree that the disseminated is really, really a hot uh, exploration spot. So we were very anxious to begin the drilling. We uh, planned to begin that last year, but for uh, change in the rules, it has been delayed. But we expect to be able to start it in the pretty soon in the coming uh, months. And uh, we're very anxious of that because uh, it's, it could be a large spot. So that's why we still have this exploration project. Right, so you think the potential there is, you talk about it as blue sky, the potential is, is potentially significant. Um, yeah. When you understand more about what you've got under the ground there, I mean, does that mean you'll stop paying dividends on the main from the core business and put more money in the ground? I mean, how do you intend to manage or balance that? Well, you know, uh, we began to, uh, we, uh, began to pay dividend last year in, in October. We began at a low pace because we wanted to be sure that we'd be able to continue. We don't want to have to stop that. We don't want to lower that. 
So we began with a one cent per share per quarter, four cents per year. At the actual price, it's about around 2.5% yield. And uh, we have uh, actually, well, at the last quarter, we've ended up with uh, $11 million. So today, we, uh, the financial will be published at the end of this month. But we are somewhere, I uh, should be 15 to 16, $17 million. We have a lot of cash. We're generating a good amount of cash every year, I would say eight to $10 million. So we have the means to continue to pay the dividend, even to, uh, to go to increasing that slowly over the, over the time. We're gonna have enough money to do this drilling campaign because the first part of this drilling campaign should cost $1.5 million. And the second part will cost another one to $1.2 million. How much drilling are you talking about doing? Actually, the first part will be like uh, 4,300 meters, more or less, because these are short holes, you know, it's on the surface. And these, this is the, the, the cheapest part of the drilling, the first, the first meters, and it's a uh, maximum 300 uh, meters. So we're going to drill that uh, on, on the disseminator, and if we get uh, what we're looking for, well, you can expect that you're gonna, it's going to be reflected in the market, and there, if really we have what we, we, we hope for, we're looking for, their finance that would be, would be easy, finance the next step of exploration. And if we don't find anything with this, well, we have the, the, the vein parts where we are uh, we working to put some uh, small miners there later on this year to begin to extract some more from uh, underground development we did in the past. So it's gonna help us to uh, feed the milk. Uh, feed, uh, add more feed to the metal, the actual metal, and it's going to serve, uh, it's going to be uh, useful for exploration too on that side. So we have two parts on this, pro this property. One would be uh, uh, small production in the vein, but the other one is potentially a huge development. Right. And, then we talk, and, we, we, and what sort of grades uh, are, are indicative in, in that region? What, we're talking, it's high grade, low grade? When we look at the veins, uh, the, the grid we have in, in there, it's a uh, half an ounce, I, I would say 15 to uh, 30 grams. Right, okay. Per ton, which on, is on, the, on, on, the, on the veins. On the yeah. disseminated, we've got grades on the surface uh, between one gram and uh, the, the, the highest one was 35. But on the disseminated of this way, in this sector, I would say it's more between half a gram to two grams per ton. But it's, uh, if we have just one gram per ton, and you have 100 million tons, uh, it would be 3 million ounces. You know, if it's a quarter of a gram, it's not a mine. If it's half a gram, it could be a mine. So there it is. Okay. So it's, it's still exploration, but- There you go. You, you, you've got a lot, a lot to discover. And um, your, But your idea of 20 years ago of get, having the processing mill financing the exploration could be coming on, could be working for you now. Exactly, we began this business model to pay for the exploration yeah. because uh, I worked uh, for a short period of time as a, a broker in the 80s and we financed mining company, exploration company. And I, I saw this business model and said, well, for me, it's, it's, it's very difficult because you, you deal with your company all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's what I wanted to avoid. Today we have a company with uh, just under 40 million shares. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we don't need financing now. I always said we won't, I don't say we never do other financing, mm. but as long as that by the end of the day, it increased the value per share. 
And uh, actually, we don't need cash. We had cash to pay for the exploration. We had cash to go for extension of the mill yeah. or to build uh, some other mills. So the situation is pretty good. Jean, you got distracted by making money, huh? <laughs> yeah. Always good. I'd love you to give me your report card for 2018. How do you think you did and what would you have done differently? We reached the full capacity of the mill. Uh, it's, it's one of the goals. We prepare for expansion. Yeah, I mean, uh, we reach almost the full capacity and we prepare the management here for expansion. So we, uh, we uh, upgrade our, uh, I could say, our general manager now is a vice president of operation. So he has been uh, a little bit more away from the uh, daily administration. He concentrate on the, on the, on the, on the actual mail efficiency of the mail and expansion. Uh, so we use our internal guys to do that. It's, uh, we reorganize all our uh, organigram last year for that. We began a dividend policy with the buyback. Uh, and now, yeah, we are, we're looking for expansion. Expansion key and expansion uh, in other countries, Latin America and Spain the rest of the world. And uh, for Dubi Bampa, well, we planned to begin the, the drilling campaign last year. This is, Although what we did last year, uh, we, uh, we comply, I think, with what we wanted to do. The only port which I haven't been able to, to do is drilling because of uh, permit delays. But uh, hopefully we can begin that pretty soon. Okay. Um, is, is that an issue in Peru, the permitting, or is it is very mining, mining friendly well, jurisdiction? Uh, you know, it's uh, today uh, in all the world, even in Canada, it's the same. Uh, relation with local communities has uh, become uh, very important and uh, the government changed the rules about that and he said for all companies in the country you have to do this and this and that before and uh, we were ready but in the mining department they, they, they had several changes here and there and it has delayed that but I recently had a, a meeting with uh, employees in the mining department and uh, they said now things are in order, it should go more uh, smoothly, and we expect this, uh, this permit uh, pretty soon. Okay, I mean, you do spend a lot of time on uh, working with the local communities. I know you're giving a lot of money to some of the schools in the region, so yeah. well, that must help. Uh, we, uh, we have a, a client in Switzerland called Prisinox, and with them we, uh, we, we organize a, a program called Peace Impact, where uh, you have in, uh, in Switzerland and in Europe, well, it's, it's developing uh, a demand for more uh, responsible goal. Mm. And uh, you have, for example, fair mine uh, goal. But fair mine is a is very complicated certification. It comes from fair trade, which was applied for the uh, agriculture department. And there, apparently, it works well. But in the mining with the small miners, it's it's almost impossible. So we decided to do another kind of certification, if I can say, right. uh, where we guarantee to the final buyer uh, that this or this gold hasn't been brought, uh, extracted in our operation with mercury, right. and uh, that this gold is traceable to the small miners. And third, all the premium which is paid, in, which is less than uh, one person, will be invested. 100% in local communities in health, education, and uh, different uh, 
yeah, health and education in the in the mining communities. And uh, we began that last year. I thought that would be a small, you know, going slowly, yeah. but it went very fast. Yeah. And actually, we already built two laboratories in a sequential school, uh, all mining uh, community, uh, 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 computer lab. We uh, put the 17 computers there, we put the internet, and uh, we built a, a scientific lab just beside that. And we rebuilt all the, uh, the washrooms and uh, because yep. it was Very necessary. Good. Very good. But uh, my goal has always been schooling, education. Education is basis for everything. Yes. So we mm -hmm. really want to invest in that. And we already invested in that school $60,000. Uh, now we have, uh, I would say, more than a quarter million dollars to invest. And uh, if things are going well, uh, we're going to have uh, quite a lot of cash to invest in these communities. Uh, I don't have to say it's very well received. It's going well. It, it's going much faster than what I expected at the beginning. I can tell you're very passionate about it. It's, it's a very impressive thing to hear about. Jean, just to, just to finish with, I'd love you to tell our viewers Five reasons why they should consider investing in Dynacore. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, the main point here is uh, we have been profitable for the last seven years, the last uh, 30 quarters. Yep. In the mining sector, uh, you won't find many mines in the last seven years, which has been profitable quarter after quarter. Secondly, we began a dividend last year, uh, which is uh, for the moment 2.5% yield. Uh, and uh, we... Uh, began uh, low, as I said, and our objective is to increase that over the years based on the financial result. It's going very well. Parallel to that, we wanted to return money to uh, shareholders, so we began the buyback, which helped, but uh, the main focus is on dividends. Uh, now we're looking for expanding the capacity. So we uh, reached almost the full capacity last year. Now we want to expand this capacity, use our know-how, to, to increase, and uh, we can increase here, but we can increase too in, in uh, foreign uh, countries in Latin America, and there is huge, a huge uh, potential in, uh, in other countries in the world. Let's say in Africa, for example, there are millions and millions. There you have to choose, select uh, carefully your jurisdiction, but we're scanning these, these places, actually, but we, we're preparing to expand our operation here and outside. Another point is the drilling campaign on Tumipalpa. We spoke about that. I think it's a very interesting point because this could be a huge... Uh, it's really the blue sky with, uh, with uh, the company. We have the, the cash to, uh, to, to pay for this exploration. It's there in the bank account waiting for the, the permit. And uh, we had some, several uh, big companies who came in the last two years to visit Tumipalpa. They look at the spawn, they look at the designated, and all agree that the main, the most interesting spot there is the designated. But as it's cheap to explore, we want to do the at least these first step ourselves. We can do that ourselves easy. Where do you think the company is being valued? Do you think the value currently, as reflected in, in the in, in the market cap, is in the processing? That's where the it's been valued, and the blue sky drilling exploration is just that. Or do you think that's been factored in? I think uh, actually it's almost only the processing 
because we haven't been drilling on the property for three years now. And, uh, you know, in the last two years, we did a lot of surface sampling and uh, geophysics, but geophysics, it's, uh, it, it, it's not easy to understand first. It's not sexy, we'd say, for the market. So uh, what is interesting is drilling, and it's drilling is going to tell us if we have something there or no. So uh, actually, there was almost uh, no value in that, but it could change rapidly the results of work. So, and uh, the company, I would say, actually, from an investor point of view, it's a safe investment. It's steady uh, producing, uh, generating steady cash flow. And uh, there is the income, there is the, the dividend that we, we, we plan to increase over the years. So these are very uh, Well, the, the, div the dividend's very interesting. It's, it's better than having your money in the bank, huh? That's good. <laughs> Sean, thank you very much for that summation of the selling points for new investors thinking of uh, Dynacore. I appreciate your time and I know you're a busy man down there in Lima. You've got a lot to do. So if we could catch up in uh, the next couple of months and sort of see how you're progressing with the drilling, that would be fantastic. Well, it's going to be my pleasure to do uh, an update on this. Hopefully we can begin this drilling pretty soon. We are very anxious to start that. Right? Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you wanna see more insightful, in-depth, honest, and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.